For real this time. <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally and with a global perspective to enjoy the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today, bike angels exist. Burn all evidence. <laughs> We're very fortunate to have Holly and Laurel with us in the show today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. And Laurel and Holly are from... Baby. Baby PDX this is... We are a mostly female bike club in Portland. <laughs> mostly female <laughs> bike club. In, okay. She's that right. Does, okay. That's true. <laughs> there, there are way more than that, though. Well, yeah. Yes. And uh, you, you wouldn't know because they do burn all the evidence, but they've been <laughs> up to some, some pretty excellent things here in town. Yes. Uh, over the past uh, two years, year and a half or so, it seems? Almost two years. We started in January of last year. Excellent. <laughs> so we will get to um, chatting in a few, Aaron. Just want to yeah. check in first. How's your yeah. week been? Um, it's been pretty good. We got our first, like, kind of angry letter from the uh, apartment complex. Oh, really? Not yeah. not a Sprocket listener, but somebody. No. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't get the mail initially, so we could probably be getting hate mail all over the place, and Brock just filters all of that out for us. Gotcha. But as far as, um, yeah, from the apartment complex, okay. uh, Anne and I got our first sort of warning letter. Interesting. But it was you two specifically? No, it wasn't. It was oh. for the, the apartment like uh, as a whole and i really think we are probably the least offenders <laughs> was of this. it so was it like strongly worded in the way that they were you could tell it was written towards you or more of just a hey this is going on and it was strongly written but it was okay. still very general like okay we've noticed we've noticed that there are um people are leaving bikes and items in public common areas that that are meant to be uh, left open or or left, you know, left uh, clear. clear, clear or whatever. Okay, uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but but then coming back and saying like, you know, this is in direct violation of of the terms of your lease. Mm, gotcha. But it was to everyone. Okay. And was it so? Do you um, typically have stuff where it, you would like leave a bike on the side of the building or oh god no okay <laughs> i was just just no our there. bikes are all indoors gotcha um so they're not like looking into the apartment hall and saying like oh they've, they've got too many bikes in the apartment no okay um mostly it's uh like in the storage areas mm. you know in the basement uh, a couple people do have bikes just kind of hanging out locked okay. to like pillars or you know supports for the for the uh, apartments above, but um, I don't know. Are I they think like the less actively used bikes? They like them, lock it down there and then don't look at it again. Right? Until you there's move one out. that I I want to know if it's abandoned property or mm. not. Because if it's abandoned, I'm I'm freaking taking it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. cutting that lock and get, I'm get your it. thirty day tag and right. start that start the track record. <laughs> right. Um, Anna is like really worried though that mm -hmm. they're gonna take away our neighbor's kiddie pool. Okay. Uh, our neighbor has like a like a little uh, three year old kid, and uh, 
in the summer days he had this kiddie pool that they would set out okay it was just fun to like you know have this little kid he was like every every apartment's kid Mm -hmm. like no one else had a kid in the apartment complex so (laughs) and like everyone sort of watched over him but and he's got this uh kiddie pool that he would play in Hmm. and it was fun to watch uh but Anna's like, they better not take that kid. Yeah, pool. that would be a that would be a loss of a childhood experience <laughs> and, there. And like, she's all but like knocking on the neighbor's door. She wants to like go like, hey, if you don't have room in your storage unit, we got room. Oh, nice. You know, we can we can take the kiddie pool so they don't take oh. it away. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. <laughs> At one point, she's like, let's just put it in our storage unit. You know, we can talk to her later. Mm. <laughs> we'll just put it in there just in case they come by and take okay. it. Okay, so it was like out when this notice came by. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. Uh, have you heard of issues in the past with apartment management or? Well, just we've only to... been here for like. Well, it's only been like three months. Yep. actually. Yep, yep. Um, I'm glad it wasn't written at you because that I've would never... be like a very quick three right, months to start right. getting oh, a notice. Oh shit! We're, yeah, <laughs> we're really ruining things now. Um, no, I've in my personal past of of renting and and apartment managements i've never had a problem with things like that um i also don't own a lot of stuff that would require like our our storage unit is like two-thirds empty Mm -hmm. you know and that's between the both of us um nice yeah yeah so how are you doing i'm doing pretty well a little bit of a uneventful week except for some of the rainfall we had so i ended up spending Mm. much of it in and around the house over the weekend um and uh i think i think my biggest accomplishment over the last time of the show was going around and cleaning out some rain gutters for the hell of it so <laughs> that, that was my weekend folks uh, and you don't even own this house you just no feel like- no but i do own a pair of rain boots and that proves to be very useful um <laughs> you know when you get the first rain of the year there so <laughs> so you bike do you bike with boots on oh yeah with rain boots yeah. yeah it's uh the good old anyone who's traveled in been to alaska or will will tell the uh, extra tough brand lives on and ah. so uh yeah just a good old pair of rain boots and they happen to keep the water out in a good fashion so okay. i usually carry a pair with me right about this time to right about the time i feel like it's maybe not going to rain again right so yeah what do you guys do for That's... what do you ladies do not guys I also do. What do you non-gender specific people <laughs> do? I also do rain boots. That's really? how I get through winter. Yeah. Excellent. I just deal with the fact that I'm going to be soaking wet all winter long. For and, sure. Uh, <laughs> pretty much don't dry out. I went on a 50 mile bike ride on Saturday um, because it was raining all day. And I was like, yeah. what else am I going to do with my life? Go on a bike ride. Okay. <laughs> and you And you just dealt with wet feet the whole time yeah i wore yeah. bike shorts like my theory is wear as few clothes as possible when it's raining really yeah because everything's just gonna get wet and mm-hmm. the, the more wet clothes you have on the colder you get the colder that's you stay. true i put on the boots and the rain pants and the rain coat and gloves and then i just sweat in there so i end up <laughs> wet anyway can't tell the difference between sweat and rain so i just wear bike shorts and like a rain shell fair enough Sneakers. Really, this is interesting. Do you to me. do you yeah. find that that also dictates your pace, where you're you're pushed to ride faster when it's colder? Somewhat. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's a good way to get the ride uh, through, and also not have to worry about too we much. We do love misery rides. <laughs> Would you say that's a good general descriptor of the rides? That you go on to? <laughs> it's it is. It's definitely how we started. Okay. Uh, it's definitely a feature. Nice. Well, let's talk about that. So how how did you guys get started? Um, so I met Holly on 
I believe, a midnight mystery ride. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, November, so it was cold, and I don't think it was raining, but it was cold and wet and dark. Mm-hmm. And um, then a few months later, I met this other girl named Hana on a Thursday night ride. And I invited them both to brunch that weekend and was like, hey, guys, I have this great idea. Let's start a bike club and we're going to be called Bay Bay because I hate the word bay and I'm sick of boys. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, okay, sounds good. This was the first time I met Hana. Laurel just brought us together and yeah, Laurel made it And then we went on a bike ride and we went up Tabor and it was our first time going up Tabor and here we are almost two years later. Yeah. And and for Bebe, it's it's female or non gender or non non binary. We terms call of ourselves inclusion. mostly female. Okay. Um, the main idea behind that is to not have a male dominated space. For sure. We are not exclusive of men. There are men on almost every ride. Um, we are definitely not exclusive of like non binary or trans or whatever you are whoever you are you are welcome as long as you're not a shitty douchebag yep <laughs> and i like that too because on the website I, you put it very prominently in the about page and i, it, I it's the wording is, is exactly such which is yeah i like i like that sentiment yeah have you found that in the rides that you do you've had to like definitely enforce that rule at times or are folks pretty like respectful getting into it i think we actually have the opposite problem which is kind of nice uh we've yeah been we've talking been, about this a bit we've lately. been talking about it recently looking at the language on the website our our tactic was kind of to intimidate men in particular mm-hmm. you know uh just to explicitly say Did that this miss- is going to be like this isn't male dominated yeah. this is like a female dominated space right. and mm-hmm. we're in charge mm-hmm. and you can come as guests um but I don't know. Maybe that's too intimidating. I there was something, I, if I remember reading correctly, <laughs> there was something in there that said, like, if you're a dude and you want to join, like, you have to throw us tons of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it might say that. Yeah. Uh, there's an 18-year <laughs> probation period yeah. where you've got to hook us up it's with mad prospect. cash. Yeah, you yeah. prospecting with us. Yep. I, I'm totally all for that. <laughs> yeah. At least in language. I mean, me. Maybe I don't think I could I could follow through in practice. But so we've had a few guys be like, oh, well, it doesn't seem like I would, like, I don't have mad cash to throw. And we're like, dude, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, be cool, man. Just be cool. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. You're going to take, like, mostly kind of a backseat. Like, a woman's going to be leading the ride and yeah. deciding where we go and stuff. And yeah. so... We, I mean, we love to. Have, we like dudes. We have male friends. <laughs> we want to have them around. Um, well, I think that's good too. I mean, in 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 the sense that like Portland was and and has been kind of lacking that recently, and so Bebe feels like it fills a very unique niche within that sort of offering that. And and obviously, like it sounds like for sure, no no, um, you know, no judgment for like men joining as well. But I think it's really cool that there's something that people have access to and are able to join and and to know that. Those are the boundaries, and that—that's how it's going to go. And I, I think that stating it, 
I, I feel like your website descriptor is perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. When I when I mentioned it to my girlfriend, she said, "Oh, I, I couldn't go ride with them because I have enough rage for like <laughs> myself already. I don't want to like overfill their ride." Oh no, we want to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's so great. I'll, uh, I'll 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 let her know that. Yeah, but no, I think it's great that that's there, and you know, if able to be included, great. But it, more spaces like that should exist, and so I think it's really nice that you're offering that. Yeah, I think recently, at least for me recently, I've become aware of the like the ecosystem of female-focused bike clubs and programs mm-hmm. in Portland, and it's been cool to collaborate with them and connect with them on different levels, but also feel like we all do have our own little niche. And mm-hmm. like, if you're a, a woman who is cycling and wants to do a female-focused bike thing, you have options. It's not like... Mm-hmm you know, standard biking or the one women bike club or whatever. Do you feel like for that, that one woman bike club, whatever that it was necessarily like over, uh, like feminized or like what, what one would as a, as a male dominated bike culture picture what, when like a male dominated culture would picture a, a women's bike club, or do you feel like it's, uh, something that there's also other accessible options around and then bye bye or baby is also in addition to that. That's a very long. I don't know question. what the question was. I, I guess what I mean was, were you not seeing what you wanted from other previously existing women's bike clubs in the Portland area? At the time, I was fairly new to Portland, and I wasn't super aware of other bike clubs. Okay. Um, but I do also kind of feel like we're doing something slightly different from the ones that I've found since then. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm aware of a few that are like very specifically female only or women only. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, some that are specifically, like, racing-focused mm-hmm. or okay. whatever. Or new riders. Or, or new riders. Yeah. And um, we're just kind of, like, for anybody who wants to ride, basically. Um, and it's not necessarily about new riders or whatever, but, like, a big part of why I wanted to start it was to get people who weren't comfortable riding in the streets, like... Mm-hmm give them a space to do that and like make it accessible to anybody. Okay. Um, but at the same time, like we also do like 50 mile rides in the rain with, you know, some frequency and like, um, and it looks like you also do, is there a bit of an alley cat background in there as well? No. Um, but it's a direction we might be heading. Okay. I was like, we did a, um, I guess we will like, we being Laurel, because she manages the social media. She'll, like, cross-post stuff from other groups in town. So we'll post about, like, Battle Cat did an Alley Cat. That yeah, I went or there's to. one coming up this next weekend that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done so, one before. So then by reposting, is the goal to, like, get, like, a Bay Bay uh, representation there? or Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and also just to kind of help spread the word for the community at large because i think we have sort of like a we have a a lot of followers actually um (laughs) um, (laughs) it's like almost 200 i think um which is surprising to me it it's been really fun to watch it grow from like the original 10 Mm -hmm. um but anyway um i think we have sort of a our own audience that like maybe doesn't have the crossover with the people who are doing these alley cats or these like other events so nice yeah 
there's was the bags for sure was the um <clears throat> trash pickup ride that you did was that also sort of like a, a community like trash eater <laughs> trash eaters yes the, the much better word that i wasn't finding <laughs> at the moment um so for the trash eater ride did that come about from just wanting to just sort of clean up the community or, or is that yeah. also like a component <clears throat> of sort of like the bay bay mission statement well it wasn't part of the original mission statement but okay. it's i mean it's a it's something that's important to me and it was particularly like after the gorge fire started i yeah. was feeling really angry and really helpless and um trying to just like look around and see what i could do to make anything better in this world mm-hmm. and um one of the things or one of the main things that i see daily that bothers me is trash all over the place so i was like you know i have this like huge community behind me i know all these people i could turn this into a thing like pick up so much trash if we just like we dedicated up a couple so hours much to trash. it it's still <laughs> sitting in my backyard i can't get rid of oh, it oh no <laughs> my trash only picks up once every two weeks and they oh, only man. accept the one bin right yep <laughs> <laughs> little flaw in the plan there. Yeah. Uh, I'll think it through better next yeah. time. Yeah, but, like, but Laurel brought these supplies. Mm-hmm. We had the gloves and the vests and the bags. And, like, and you had some sponsors, too. Like, people really got behind this idea of, of doing a, tra- uh, a trash eater ride. <laughs> yeah. so, so was there The actual... trash eater is because our logo is a possum riding a bike, and possums eat trash, gotcha. so we're trash eaters. So no actual, <laughs> there's no, like, trash eating contest of, like, Pick the most tasty piece of gum you found Next today. Next time. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> no, it's probably a terrible idea. You, you could say it if it is. <laughs> I mean, we'll I, I know <laughs> I know one ex-co-host that would really love to do that ride. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I imagine. <He's laughs> kind of known for that. Though. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, known for you didn't know this? No, I have no idea. Really? Yeah, he would, he would literally like... Sorry, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> you would, like, uh, we'd go camping. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to name names. I, <laughs> I think you already tagged yeah. him on the post yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> um, he would, we would go camping, and he would, like, look through the trash. Like, not, mm-hmm. not go out of his way, but, you know, once we'd stop, if the trash can, which is generally right by where we're stopping, he'd look through, and if there was... You know, say a bag of Doritos that was only half <laughs> eaten. You finish off the bag. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah sometimes you you get out there and you get hungry. Yeah. And yeah. Push comes to shove, and sometimes you find a, a half eaten burrito. I did find on a trash pickup. I found a full bottle of beer. Just it's true. Yeah. Parking strip. I didn't drink it, but somebody else did. I was gonna say whatever happened to that. Somebody, somebody drank, drank it. it. Somebody yeah. really that night. Yeah. That okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're still here to tell the story oh. uh, i haven't seen him in a week but <laughs> <laughs> as far as i know probably probably really good beer then yeah <laughs> modello so what's um one of the favorite rides that you've done since the founding of the group Any would you highlights? answer this one holly um i do i i could talk a lot about our collaboration rides which i think mostly laurel gets credit for setting those up um we did a ride with bike and betty's which was awesome we did a ride um that ended at like a picnic with wildflower baking i had some of their stuff and 
that's been kind of a newer just in the past six months or so. We've been reaching out more and like building this network with it, which is awesome. But I'm also, as it's getting into October and November and winter, I am excited to get back to our roots, which is like <laughs> terrible, <laughs> dark, misery, misery rainy ride. rides. Nice. Which so is, it's your, you could say it's your speciality. It is. Excellent. Celebrating the cold, wet, dark. We is like. This, <laughs> is this uh, like relating to you, uh, your mascot being a possum? And like... It might be a similar aesthetic. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, you could do like a, a haggard, like soaked possum for the winter time. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> the yeah, seasonal <laughs> thinking. <laughs> so there was this. I was just thinking. Um, I think last winter we did kind of a long ride. It was raining all day. You know, we come up varying. We come varying levels of uh, prepared for that with <laughs> our different tactics, like Laura and I talked about, the like rain pants or just like get soaked. And then we went to a bar somewhere that had a fire outside. And I just remember, like, sitting around with this group of women and a couple dudes and, like, stripping off all our layers and having the steam come off our clothes. We had, like, socks, like, laying out on the fire grate. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You just, like, feel so satisfied because you went through something difficult and a little bit miserable (laughs) and now you're having a beer around a fire and i just love some great people yeah it's like a real bonding experience well the wet weather is approaching so there's a yeah there's a a cool like sort of uh a a power of bonding uh with people like in this shared miserable experience you know Mm -hmm. and i've always said like in in especially in reference to like rainy rides there's this there's this place of ecstasy that is just beyond misery like after <laughs> you've like you've been soaked and you're cold and you just sort of you you hit that wall but if you just keep going just a little bit more yeah and i personally i like i'm not i don't really like exercising i'm like a physically lazy person so I need people to convince me to do these things <laughs> and having a club and friends who are going to convince me to come out and like get exhausted and hit a point. I know it's a good bike ride when there's at least one point when I'm thinking, fuck this. I hate biking. <laughs> Why do I do this? That's a, a criteria. Yeah. Okay. Because then I know that like 20 minutes later, I'm going to be like, this is so great. And like, <laughs> It's hard for me to push myself through that, but other people can do that. And I am really grateful for it. So how do you come up with the routes? It sounds like Laurel does most of the planning or? Um, I try to pass it off onto other people. Okay. Um, what's we... your, what's your process for putting <laughs> a ride together? Um, so if it's just something that I want to do or like something I've been thinking about, then I just plan it around what I want. Okay. But, um, if I've, what happens a lot is like, I'll be out somewhere talking to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I would love to ride bikes, but like this or but that or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, we can do this. Like, give me your list of concerns and like, I will plan a ride that like pushes you slightly outside of your comfort zone, but like gets you out there and like makes you feel like you accomplished something. Um, so I've done a number like that, which are really fun yeah like we'll um, go to your neighborhood and we're gonna yeah we'll start and end, you like in expect. your neighborhood mm-hmm. and like you say six miles is your limit cool we're gonna do 10 nice. <laughs> you're gonna be fine okay yeah. if you can't if you do, can do it six, we'll stop you can do 10 but yeah. like they <laughs> invariably they get to 10 and they're like i could keep going this is great nice. right on <laughs> and i'm like yes that's what i want to hear that's what i like 
Um, so that's a big, uh, one of the big things that I enjoy planning routes around. Um, and other than that, um, I have to say Hannah, who's not here. I'm really yeah. disappointed she's not here because she like really brings an, a unique element or like a vital <laughs> element. She is enthusiastic. She's uh, yeah. We'll yeah. She works in bike transportation and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Advocacy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she uh, has planned some really great routes for us. Some of the more challenging ones. Mm-hmm. I. Um, until very recently was riding a fixie and was not very interested in riding hills ever um and hana kind of hard to do in this city <laughs> yeah i mean laurel did, laurel's yeah. done a lot of hills on that fixie <laughs> i have i just got my first ever bike with gears Yay. yeah and a very special bike at that is uh, it it I think so. <laughs> I mean, it is to me personally. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a sweet bike. It's we, a beautiful yeah. bike. Let our listeners know what you are currently Salsa riding. Via Dior, twenty seventeen. It's the it's like mud green one. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, the hills seem a little bit more more doable. Well, what I've discovered in the last couple months is that I still fucking hate hills, but I can do them, <laughs> and I'm less anxious about it. Yeah. So that's great. Nice. Uh, but anyway, Hana, um, some of her routes have really like pushed me past my comfort level. And then I get to feel that high of like, I didn't think I could do this, but I did it. And here mm-hmm. I am. And now yeah. I get to sit around a fire she's and done, earn this beer. <laughs> she's done more touring. And I, I think around the time that I first met her, she was just riding around with gallons of water in her panniers. <laughs> she was what? like, I don't have enough weight. So I brought like my bike pump and my this, and like I <laughs> stuffed some rocks in there. Nice. <laughs> does, uh, does Hannah encourage other people to also like put gallons of water? And like if somebody's having an easy time on a ride and they, they're just kind of breezing through people just kind of, whenever there's a rest stop, slightly fill up their pannier or such. <laughs> This I haven't too easy seen it, but I'm, I wouldn't I'm serious. put it past her. <laughs> that's that's because uh, it's kind of a joke. Like in the in like the mountaineering community is like oh, yeah yeah how how long can your climbing partner go without realizing you've stuck a rock in their pack? Oh, <laughs> and there's been some folks. I think uh, like the one I remember reading was Ed Veesters who stuck it in a buddies of his, and they did like everest and k2 and like another climb before they finally emptied oh the pack and then the bottom of it was this you know like roughly a pound and a half rock or so but oh you know that, it matters yeah so. that reminds not, me not of... to encourage you to do so to, to your riders but curiosity. but maybe you should but maybe yeah if, if anybody's ever having it that ooh, yeah if anybody's, if anybody's not <laughs> miserable enough yeah <laughs> Uh, we did a ride last spring, I believe it was. Um, again, it was cold and rainy. And uh, this one girl named Kaya saw a rocking chair on the side of the road, like in a free pile. And she was like, I want that rocking chair. And we're like halfway through a 20-mile ride. So she picks up the rocking chair and puts it on her back like a backpack and does the entire ride oh, like the rails carrying are a, rocking, like... a rocking chair. <laughs> yeah. And then we went to her house a couple weeks later, and it was just on her porch. And she's like, yep, this is my rocking chair. Thank God. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I saw pictures. It nice. looked pretty precarious. It's always nice when the uh, the free on-the-curb culture clashes nicely yeah. with the, uh, the on-the-bike culture as well. And her partner, um, another ride, maybe pretty early in our career, actually did an entire ride with a sewing machine on his back. 
Because okay. we were oh, doing crafts after. Because we were doing oh. crafts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Have you um, thought about like any rides coming up, or do you have any rides on the horizon? Um, I have not been planning very much lately because I've been super busy. But I have been thinking about how I need to start planning. Okay. <laughs> I've been thinking, and I think we're like due for a executive planning session around this and our itinerary for the winter. But Laurel has carried a lot of the weight of logistics and getting mm-hmm. people out and posting on social media and stuff. And I know that she has always, and we always, we like, we really want to encourage other people to plan rides. Like this is supposed to be like a, a group for women's empowerment. Um, so like you're going to ride farther than you thought you could. You're going to do hills that you didn't think you could do. You're going to lift your bike over your head if that sounds intimidating and it has been really good for me to, like, I've led some rides and, like, I don't know, taking that on has been really good for me. So I'm hoping we can encourage some of our members who have been riding with us for a year or two to mm-hmm. plan what they want to see. And mm-hmm. if they want to take on a project like trash cleanup or whatever mm-hmm. their own thing is, like, I want to bring out our force behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. We had a member do a ride of... Uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now. Um, and I was just like, you do whatever you want to do. Like, I don't let this be your ride. And so they, they planned sort of a tour of like odd things around Portland. So mm-hmm. we like, went was that the one with the photos of the oddity yes. museum? Okay. <laughs> Samples yeah. oddity ride. <laughs> if you, if, if you oh, feel like sending us one or, or folks should take a look, there's some pretty, yeah, fantastic photos from so that ride. So we went ride. to like the smallest park in the world and like stacked all our bikes up in the middle of NATO that Parkway. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> how, so not how did you do that, but how is that received as you're like in the middle of <laughs> We got of honked traffic. out a few times. Okay. <laughs> And also, like, whoever took that picture had to back up quite a bit, yeah, right? That was me. <laughs> I was like, there's... Uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's where you go. Trust me, this is a Portland thing. <laughs> right, right. You and should appreciate this if you really believe in that bumper sticker you got there. There you go. <laughs> you should be taking this picture. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you have... Um, so, no rides coming up, but but potential rides soon well yeah there there will be one in the next two weeks okay i won't promise anything for this week sure and if anyone's looking to show up for a misery ride what what should they plan on on bringing to this wonderful (laughs) ride of misery? apparently just shorts and a (laughs) yeah whatever you need to be comfortable basically um we do have one i i think at one point i said i was the treasurer so i own the baby's (laughs) assets which includes like a gift card to a brewery, one pair uh, of rain pants, which I will bring in case somebody needs them. You have like one collective pair of rain pants. <laughs> one extra pair. Right. The, but that's still interesting. <laughs> that like you, I have an extra rain jacket. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. So we'll bring some of that stuff. Um, I'm terrible about bringing food and I'll like get 10 miles in and be like, I didn't eat anything today. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> so it's cool when people bring snacks. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. We definitely recommend, like, I mean, wear whatever you want. Be comfortable. We recommend bringing a pair of dry socks if you want to hang out afterwards. Um, but, like, definitely bring snacks. Bring whatever you need to drink. Bring water, obviously. And if you need beer or whiskey, you should bring that, too. Because mm-hmm. um, the rides you do. Share. For sure. <laughs> if you want. Well, and that's kind of um, the nice thing, too, is that the rides, it sounds like, it's not about the beer stop. It's about the riding. Yeah. Okay. No, we... 
Yeah, that was actually another thing. Having the only group ride I had really, or rides I had really done in Portland before were Midnight Mystery Ride and Thursday Night Ride. Mm -hmm. And it, I started in the winter, and so it was like a group of 12 people or whatever, and would ride pretty hard, and it was great. And then, like, as it got into summer, it was more like, now we're going to ride for 20 minutes and then stop for an hour. And Mm. I was like, I don't, this is not why I'm riding bikes, guys. Can we ride? Did the starting on time policy derive of this, this (laughs) desire to not be, to not be (laughs) sitting around? The starting on time policy came from Hana being like, if it says seven o'clock, we're leaving at fucking seven o'clock. I'm not so great at upholding that. (laughs) We at one point tried to establish a uh, punishment system. Oh yeah. Tell us about this. Wherein, for every minute that you were late to the ride, you had to do a pull-up. We were riding along Marine Drive. In the rain, obviously. And I had showed up, you know, it's a bike ride. (laughs) These are my friends. I'm not too... It's probably the morning or something. It was probably like 10 on a Sunday morning. That's hard for me. So (laughs) I think I showed up 10 or 15 minutes late. And yeah, then we uh, we got to some like pull up bars and okay, Holly, we're stopping. Uh, <laughs> and she did the pull ups. I did them. She did them better than I would have done them. <laughs> nice. Do you feel like uh, for the progress that you've made and where the group is at right now, is there a direction that you're looking to go in the next year or two here? We've been talking about it a little bit. We don't have any conclusive answer to that. Okay. Um. I am really interested in continuing to do more community involvement things like trash rides or I'm really interested. I work as a nanny and I'm really interested in doing some kind of kids oriented ride Mm -hmm. or like maybe some kind of like girls on bikes um, for kids. Uh, But I haven't fleshed that idea out at all. Um, Do you have anything? Yeah, other than, like like I said, trying to empower some of our members and mm-hmm. decentralize a little bit and yeah. take it off floral because she is busy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're due for a planning meeting. Gotcha. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to do a follow-up after the planning meeting. <laughs> I'm picturing, like, critical mass, but for people who love suffering. Yeah. yeah. Critical suffering? <laughs> yes, critical suffering. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we will sell many parents with that. No. Yeah, but if you could get the kids psyched out, the parents just kind of have to be like, oh, okay, fine. You need better PR, though. For sure. <laughs> It'll be the secret name. Like, once you're in the club, you get to know. Nice. <laughs> well, let's let's go a little bit into, like, you, your two's uh, personal history in biking and like what got you into biking um just in the fact that uh baby seems i don't know exactly what your guys's mission is i didn't read it i'm sorry but it seems <laughs> like there is this mission of getting people to kind of push themselves and and not necessarily to get people on bikes but to get people who are on bikes to kind of go a little bit farther uh, mm-hmm. and so like where does that come from does that like how does that fit um, did it like come from like your personal history in a bike or? Um, I grew up with parents who didn't drive um, in the city of Boston. So I grew up riding a bike to commute everywhere. Um, I didn't learn how to drive until I was 25 and living in the suburbs. Um, so when I moved here a few years ago, I 
was like, well, obviously, the only sensical thing to do is get back on a bike. Sensical, is that a word? Yes. It is now. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. I meant sensible, I think. I think it works great. Cool. Um, and I am not a particularly competitive person in that, like, racing is not interesting to me. But I do like environments where I feel challenged. Um, but also safe. And, like, I mean that, like, emotionally safe. Like, I right. I don't feel like I'm uh, struggling to keep up or, like, somebody's going to be like, oh, you suck at this. Or I'm telling myself, oh, I suck at this and, like, feel bad. Um, so, for me, it I, I think it actually I started thinking about it when I went on a ride that was all men on fixies. And I was like brand new to fixie life and pretty slow and it was late at night and I didn't know the city very well and I was lagging so far behind everybody but I had a great time and I was like this is great and I want to do more of this but I don't want to be holding everybody up the whole time and like feel like I'm holding people up mm. so like I started thinking like could I create that kind of environment where like it's encouraging and like you know, people kind of stick with you, but like, aren't like, we're sticking beside you, even though we could go so much faster. Mm. Oh, or it's just yeah. like, you know, yeah, we're doing this together. Um, so that, I guess it came from just my desire to have that. And then once I started creating that, it was just like really awesome to see how that affected other people. Mm. I also, um, I've never had a driver's license. Uh, never? I, no, not yet. Pretty soon, hopefully, <laughs> maybe, although I've been saying that forever. Congrats. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's something to be proud of. So I grew up in Seattle, and I um, I was transit dependent, and I love public transit, and I love buses, and I work in that field now. Um, but, uh, like I said, I don't like exercising, so before... Before I moved to Portland and started biking everywhere for transportation, I didn't really exercise a lot. I was depressed. I was freezing, waiting for the bus. Um, so my experience with bikes is moving to Portland, realizing that biking is the most sensical, sensible way to get around, the cheapest way to get around, and like slowly growing into that being something that I do slowly growing stronger in ways that like physically strong in ways that I never thought of myself as before um and I don't know I all of my little life that I've built in Portland is around bikes I've ended up in like transportation for work and I'm involved with bikes for humanity for volunteering and Laurel found me and invited me to Bay Bay pretty soon so for me it's just I'm really passionate about it because it's been such a like holistic positive force in my life. Like my mental health is better, my physical health is better. I feel like I see the city in ways. Like these are things that everybody here knows and probably anybody listening knows that like biking around for transportation and for social reasons just has like a multiplicity of benefits. Mm -hmm. So um, and an integral part of that is having people who, are, like I said, are going to push me to mm -hmm. 
to be stronger than I thought I was. Did either of you find that in that process you had, generally speaking, support in making that move? Or were there people who were trying to take away from your efforts to commute by bike or to be part of that that bike world? I haven't run into... I mean, other than, like, you know, cars can be assholes. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but no, no, like, direct okay. opposition. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did either of you have mentors that, that sort of stepped in and helped you with that process? Or was it mostly just, like, self-discovery and figuring out that's that's what you wanted to do? Uh, f- specifically here in Portland? Yeah, or, or you know, starting ter- to get into biking. Um. I I don't know. It was just like a part of life mm-hmm. in Boston growing up and um, into my early 20s. Um, and I didn't think about it much. It wasn't like a lifestyle thing. It was just like okay. the way it was. Uh, but then moving here, um, the first set of friends that I made when I moved out here, not knowing anybody, were really into the bike scene. Um, and so my social life has grown within that or from that or because of that mm-hmm. um and so in in that way like i there has been a lot of social encouragement mm-hmm. nice. yeah yeah i feel like once you start getting involved in biking in portland and going on like any social ride or volunteering or whatever i feel like it's pretty supportive um Although I do, like, I I do think that the like encouraging women specifically and seeing female role models around mm-hmm. is really important to me because I have had, I've just had slightly discouraging experiences on rides or in spaces that are male dominated where you know nobody actively wants to discourage me, mm-hmm. but there I feel like sometimes there's the assumption that like oh she's not the kind of person mm-hmm. who's into riding or riding fast or mechanics or, or bikes mechanic fast. Mm-hmm. or mechanicing fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's just kind of i feel like in in a lot of male dominated spaces there's this really subtle underlying assumption mm-hmm. that women aren't really really that into it mm-hmm. so it's really cool to be around women who like mm-hmm. yeah they're really into it and they know you are and we all are so uh as as men in part of that bike dominated world what what would uh you recommend like and maybe this is a a bit of an open-ended question but how can we become less male dominated in the bike (laughs) world um i'll leave that there (laughs) i have thought about that a lot okay and you don't have to have the answer so that that's the other thing i don't have easy answers and, and you don't you don't owe an answer either, but yeah. but just putting it out there. Um, if if there is a way that that you could have been helped or that you that things could have gone differently, um, any any advice for people looking to help be a positive part of that change? The immediate thing that comes to mind for me is like, don't assume that we don't know what we're doing. Like, oh, that would be nice, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> the first night I met Holly, she was standing there on the street with her bike, waiting for the ride to start, and some guy came up and was like, "Can I help you with your bike?" You heard that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing. I'm like, "Great, I'm here for the ride." I show up, and somebody like, I don't know. He looked at me and thought I just like my bike broke down or something. So he's like, "Can I help you with something?" And I'm like, 
No. Just <laughs> waiting for the ride to start. Just waiting for mm-hmm. the ride. Like everybody else here, if you're flirting with me, that's a really bad way to do <laughs> yeah. it. Right. Poor <laughs> intro. Yeah. <laughs> so, like finding ways to be supportive without being condescending, I guess. Okay. Is well, and I, maybe I asked if I could help. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I my thoughts are evolving. Of course, it's a complicated question, and sure. like we can all continue thinking about it forever. But at this point, I I feel like it's in a lot of ways it's not up to the men. Um, you know, you can do what you can, but but I I have more faith in women hmm. stepping up, um, encouraging each other, um, creating spaces, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I'm I'm hoping that women will kind of like try and brush off whatever negative stuff happens anywhere else, and like build mm-hmm. like I'm seeing build this network and these these spaces to build each other up that's awesome yeah well holly and uh, holly and laurel thank you so much for visiting yeah. us um it's <clears throat> been a pleasure to have you on the show we have a couple of calendar events and also um some headlines do you feel like staying around with us for those absolutely sure. yes fantastic we would enjoy your commentary <laughs> So first up, our calendar. I love, I love, I love, I love my don't don't ever use that. Whoop. I love, I love, I love, I love my <laughs> just let it play again. Don't <laughs> don't ever use that. Sorry, Tim. We we just so happened to have used I, it twice. I just that's how much I love you, Tim Mooney. <laughs> it's Biketober. It is Biketober, but first we have an urgent, urgent announcement. Yeah, an we do. Urgent call to action. So, this Brocket podcast has been selected as one of ten finalists in the running to be added to the first annual Portland Podcast Festival lineup on December 2nd. We're asking listeners to vote for us and to to be in the festival, to cast your vote, and we'll post this on the show notes. Uh, visit www.pdxpodfestival.com slash podcasts. Voting will last until October 27th at... Noon, I'm going to say mountain time. Sure. Uh, the top two vote getters will make it into the festival. So we have to be at least second place to make it in. So those of you listening, please sp- spread the word. Go vote for us. Have your friends vote for us. Have your moms vote for us. <laughs> and speaking of moms, so <laughs> so this this is a funny story about this i was wondering yeah i was, I was wondering if we would cover it on the show but yes let's do it um the reason why we're in the running incidentally is because anna my girlfriend her mom tried to vote for us <laughs> saw that we weren't on there and incidentally she thought she was voting for us or like adding us on to vote for us she actually registered us <laughs> for the yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, I hadn't heard that last part. Oh yet. yeah, Sweet. that's excellent. Yeah. So uh, we kind of we kind of have uh, Betsy to thank for this. Thank you, thank, Betsy. Thank you, Betsy. Thank um, you very much. Uh, but yeah, go vote for us. This is gonna be great. Um, honestly, I'm really surprised that we're even in the running. Even especially knowing how how much of an accident it kind of was. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes all it takes is is one person. 
to be that change. <laughs> accidental. <laughs> uh, so, um, in in addition to Piketober, and now that we've had our urgent call to act, we need to have yes. this call to action sound back in here. Yeah, um, I don't have that one yet. That's okay. I, we'll, I we'll get it. That. We'll get it next week. Uh, from from October thirteenth through the November nineteenth, we have the seventh annual Coffee Engineering Challenge. Yes. Have you done any yet? I haven't. Me neither. No, <laughs> I, I drink a lot of coffee, so... What's the challenge? Are you, are you too familiar with the coffeeneering no. challenge? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I bet you'd be really into this. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Baby dominates the coffeeneering challenge. I can see <laughs> this now. Um, I'll h- get you hip to the link, uh, but essentially it's visiting seven coffee joints. Each has to be more than a two-mile ride away, mm. but yeah, visiting them by bike and you have to take pictures. Mm. Oh, so is this in one ride? <clears throat> no. No. This, we can is do like, that <laughs> this is like throughout. Oh, okay. Say the dates again. Uh it is from uh it, the <laughs> <laughs> October 13th through November 19th. Yes. I'd lost my scroll. Is this like a team? No, 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 it's so usually individual. So how many coffee shops is it? Seven, I thought. I kind of want to do this in one day. Yeah, yeah. I want to get actually, a group no, of twenty re- people and do it in one day. I would love to do this in one day, actually. As let's probably- do it. Great next ride planned. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, I from, forgot I don't have internet out here. I was like clicking <laughs> on the link and nothing was coming up. From October twenty sixth through the twenty eighth, we have the Saint John's River to Sea Loop Summit and Trail Celebration in Deland, Florida. Nice pronunciation. Thank there. you. Um, from, sorry, uh, October twenty seventh, the Beermongers Halloween party, costumes, music, prizes, and where are the Beermongers? Why, the Beermongers happen to be at Southeast Division and Twelve. That's right. Thanks again, Beermongers for the Beermongers for, <laughs> for the drinks for supporting the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and we happen to be enjoying some wonderful beverages yeah, around the table. Yeah, let's all from the Beer Mongers at Southeast Division and 12th. So I'm having the Ballast Point Sour Wench Blackberry Ale, and it is var- very sour and um, a decent bit blackberry-ish yeah. as well. So do all sours, like, have a fruit along with them? I feel like... Is that part of the I thing? I don't know if that's by designation or if it's just a trend, but I feel like some of the most popular sours I've seen are built around that that okay. concept, at least. We'd have to ask uh, the folks probably at Cascade Barrel House if there's a method to the to the madness, I'd suppose. What do you have in Laurel? I'm drinking some uh, Synergy Organic Kombucha Mystic Mango. Mm-hmm. I do feel my mystical powers evolving. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm drinking Mazama Brewing Mosaic Eruption India Pale Ale. Mosaic. Everyone yeah. likes the mosaic hops. It is. It's really good. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my mug. <laughs> I'm drinking out of a Sprocket podcast mug. Uh, I've also got Synergy GT's Organic Kombucha. This is the ginger berry. Half ginger, half berry. All delicious. 100% tasty. Yes. On October 28th, we have questions and answers with Grant Peterson at Ravello Bike Shop. That's here in Portland. November 18th is Cranksgiving here in Portland. Another team event. Mm. Also a kind of an opportunity to give back to the community um and we have special guest mcs possibly even uh volunteers mm-hmm. for cranksgiving yes 
On December 1st, Pedal Shift turns 100. 100 episodes of Pedal Shift. There will be a meetup and fun. And where is that meetup? That meetup, I believe, is at the Beer Mongers. On Southeast Division in 12th? <laughs> it could be. In fact, it is. <laughs> on December 15th through the 17th, please come join folks here in Portland for Bike Craft 2017. All sorts of fun crafts bike themed or um sort of bike centric indeed yes and if you are thinking of making anything it's not too late to grab a bicycle related object and make a craft out of it yeah so if you've got an idea bike craft would love to have you and with that we've got what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike From OPB's Think Out Loud, we have On the Road, from St. John's to Gresham, on yeah. the bus. This isn't so much a headline as just sort of like a heads up mm-hmm. that there's some audio out there that we should listen to. Um, just essentially someone uh, recording some audio going from St. John's all the way out to Gresham via TriMet Bus. Mm. From the Huffington Post via Anna, we have student flees wildfire on bike carrying 70-pound dog in, in duffel a duffel bag. bag. Oh, have wow. you heard about this? No. Oh, really? Uh, I'm gonna, I Are there left pictures? This, I left this tab open on purpose. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to load the uh, video, but I can hopefully at least show you the picture. No, of course not. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yes, the unfortunate fires down there in California... Affected a lot of people, but something cool came out of it in that um, a woman, a student, is uh, fleeing the fleeing the fires by car. She got stuck in traffic, and fearing they would be trapped in harm's way, she mm. ran home, retrieved her bike, and quick thinking, she got the duffel bag. She brought her duffel bag <gasps> and put the car, put the dog in the duffel bag. Wow! And that. In the video, it's, it's really cool. The video, uh, she explains, like, so I just said to the dog, like, look, this isn't going to be fun, <laughs> but you got to get in here. And the dog, according to her, just literally stepped in oh. to the duffel bag, <laughs> zipped it up, you know, left his head out, and then wore it as a backpack. Oh. It's like a, uh, for any naysayers of the disaster relief trials, you really can yeah. get it done by bike. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here's proof is in the pudding right there indeed well unfortunately um they made it out okay yes um in that story though there was like just a uh just a little sentence about a woman a pregnant woman biking with her two daughters away from the wildfires too i'm gonna Hmm. have to try to like find that headline maybe for next week yeah Um, absolutely because that's a really i'm sure that's got to be a really cool story behind that too yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not. Well, yeah, I was going to say probably one of desperation, but also uh, one of great heroics. Yeah. Talk about misery, right? Yeah. (laughs) From the Huffington Post, or excuse me, from the Oregon State Parks website. um, And this will be relevant for folks here in the state, but Oregon Parks. But also folks visiting the state. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Oregon Parks and Recreation Department is raising state park camping rates by $2 for some types of campsites, effective November 1st, 2017. $2, everybody. This is true. This is going to break the bank. 
The $2 oh. rate increase aligns with views expressed in past park surveys that show visitors prefer smaller rate increases on a more frequent basis than large fee increase in the future, says Lisa, Lisa Sumpton, uh, director of ORPD, OPRD. Uh, we do receive tax dollars for operation of our parks. Nearly all of our funding comes from visitors, a portion of RV registration dollars, and the Oregon Lottery. Oregon State Parks attract 2.7 million campers and 51.5 million day visitors every year, consistently ranking in the nation's top 10 state park systems. So the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department last raised its camping rates in 2014, and the state park system is not funded by taxes. I mm. find that very interesting. Mm -hmm. And this would affect the hiker-biker rates as well, where presently yes. it's uh, $5, but as of a couple of weeks from now, it would be going up to 7 Correct. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this one and or, or taking advantage of the parking or bi hiker biker sites? Nope. Just bring a couple extra dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's Put two more dollars along with the extra rain pants and the extra uh, yeah. rain jacket. I mean, it's always yeah, it's good treasure. to have a couple extra dollars <laughs> tucked in your sock or whatever. For sure. It's, you can no longer show up with a fiver and be set. <laughs> California, though, has been $8 for really? age, ages now. Yeah. Really? Or at least, at oh, least man, on the when, coastal route. When they uh, when they hike those rates, it's I'm sure it's going to be a hard hike then. Yeah, for sure. I think seven is. Um, yeah, you, I, you I know, think if they had surveyed me, I would say, yeah, let's do it smaller over over a longer period of time. But. There's, yeah, definitely, um, and honestly, it's so affordable now, and still even just as affordable. I mm -hmm. mean, it's barely catching up, along with like the rate of inflation. So. Sure. I, I I don't balk at the two dollar rate increase, mm -hmm. and especially given the how just how great the hiker biker camps are. Yeah, in, or the state in parks Oregon in general. Parks. Oh yeah, if you've ever stayed in a state park, it, they are pretty good uh, as far as a place to bring a bike to and set up. Seven bucks for a place to stay for a night that's maintained well. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great for sure. And you get an open fire. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> just bring the extra pair of socks. <laughs> well, we may not have an extra pair of socks, but what we do have... We got mail. Hey, we got mail. So our longtime listener, Aaron Green, is officially running for super fan number two position. That's right. And I don't, I don't think... I don't think I mean to say that he is number two in second place so much <laughs> as just second super fan he has changed oh, okay. his like facebook that. profile picture to this and what yeah. we have is a photo of aaron staring delightedly at the camera wearing a sprocket podcast oh, there it cap. Is. yes found a very good use for that homemade that patch. homemade sprocket <laughs> podcast oh. cap now i'll go a little bit uh, on a, a small lecture that that patch was not pre-approved or that placement <laughs> was not pre-approved and uh, on a trucker hat not not really a, a Aaron Flores approved hmm. placement interesting do we have the but we'll grandfather we him in do we have like logo placement and and standardization brand on our website? The <laughs> Must be at least three hundred pixels <laughs> right. from each each bleed um, edge when border the, when or the one quarter inch. First came out when the patches first came out. I went on this like long tirade on like where 
mm-hmm. should be put bags first always on a on a bag especially so, like a bike bag and so i have to ask because aaron is currently wearing a cap that has vc in that's, the exact position true. in which aaron's uh but it, it is a bike cap not a trucker hat. okay so it's the it's the intention of the original garment that excludes it from being a good position yes okay I'm just trying to feel out the edges cause, here. Just because I didn't get a say in before he put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wondering where to stick your Sprocket Podcast patch, please write to the <laughs> Sprocket <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> the Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we don't really care, but but we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> but it is quite an honor for someone to put our logo on their on their facebook profile mm-hmm. so thank you aaron for sending that in yes uh peanut butter jar matt has a comment on our last week's episode regarding passing yes and in this he says i actually thought that this article linked to an outdoor uh, magazine article written by none other than the bike snob that you were going to reference at the outset of the topic if you're riding somewhere so crowded that you've got to warn other trail users and all you've got time for is on your left then you're riding too fast Slow down and use your grown-up words. That is from the bike snob. This yes. is true. Yes, as a quote and of the bike snob. I, I, I'm i going to disagree with him on this. I won't wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah. But I do think on your left can come across as like a little snobbish. It can, but at the same time, like if you're... If you're looking at standardization and you're looking for one word that, that at some <laughs> point in time or one phrase... Well, and I think there's the problem. Yeah. So I, I passed somebody this afternoon and said, on your left, and they said, thanks. And I was yeah. like, yeah, because I was on your left, and now yeah. you know I was there, and this this went perfectly to plan. I, I think, again, it's contextual, right? Like, right. we talked about all of these different scenarios, and it boils down to use your judgment. Use your judgment, people. Tone and, of and voice also matters a lot. Like, you can yeah. say on your left in a real snappy way that's indeed doesn't doesn't come across nicely. Mm-hmm. Do you have do you have a preferred method for? <laughs> I say on your left, okay. but I try to say it like nicely, friendly, sure. like "Hey, I'm on your left." On your left. <laughs> That's a good one too. I, I have definitely had people like shout it, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, sorry." Mm-hmm. Uh. So, as a rider, would you prefer somebody to say on your left, or or would how would you prefer to be notified if somebody was indeed passing? I don't want to be left. notified. No notified, <laughs> just like psh, off you go. You know. <laughs> Well, I don't want to incriminate myself because I might be the minority. If, <laughs> um, it's okay. We're not recording yeah, this. Yeah, no. So. Con- context. Like you said, context <laughs> means everything. But if it's like if I'm on the Hawthorne Bridge or something, if you're in a place where you know somebody's going to be passing, I just have the experience where like I suddenly have somebody in my ear saying mm-hmm. something and that freaks me out. But sure. If somebody just yeah. passes, like... Mm-hmm then that's fine do you think it so for you like whether you'd notify or not does it come down to um like someone's ability to stay or, or like ride a straight line basically w- would you change what you'd say based on whether you thought that they were going to swerve into you or you'd say just overall just go for it and and you know pick up the pieces <laughs> later <laughs> no i think i think if you can reasonably expect that everyone's on the same page like yes there are multiple users like yes mm-hmm. keep your lane then i don't know you can't read anybody's mind but if i'm over to the right because i'm expecting somebody to pass me like go ahead and pass me and you mm-hmm. don't need to i guess it's cuz they do it too late a lot of times mm-hmm. yeah. either you're yelling or it just feels like they're suddenly whispering in my ear like on your left as they go by mm-hmm. and, and sometimes alarming. that is the case yeah 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 
like in a like in like in a should have waited longer like a creepy fashion or or just like <laughs> on your laugh <laughs> <laughs> well like it's Halloween too late here. to do anything yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. uh what do you guys think of the bell <laughs> wow it got really quiet <laughs> I like, like I, I like, like the bell, the but bell? I like the bell like fifty plus feet away. Yeah, so, like the yeah. bell is your like early warning signal. Okay, and then like you adapt as you get closer to the pass. I feel like, but that's just me. Yeah, if you're right behind somebody ringing a bell, hell no. I think that's offensive. Offends <laughs> <laughs> my aesthetics. What? <laughs> really? I find oh. bells aesthetically offensive. Aesthetically. <laughs> Even with but like, I'll get uh, over it. it's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> what, uh, so, what about bells? Do you find aesthetically offensive? I just think they sound dumb. They're too like Pee-wee's <laughs> Big Adventure. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Hmm. But you... the, like, that's really just me being. So like, we a can't look head. forward to like uh, <laughs> Bebe PDX bell loud and loud and, and ringing ride. No. Uh, no. No ding ding no. Bebe. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you certainly can't. Bikes shouldn't make noise. <laughs> 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 I I can agree with that. I'll uh, step down and I will obsess. I will obsess over like oh, there's a weird noise coming from my bike, and then just like spend the next two hours at home like oiling and wrenching and. So, so if you're a Chris King rider, folks, feel no need to apply to a Bay Bay (laughs) Pete. Those are yeah, those are very unique. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the reasons why I chose. The rear hub that I have was because it had maybe the least offensive mm-hmm. of of those sounds. Of <laughs> it the, was definitely the... a thing that I was looking for when test riding new bikes. <laughs> really? <laughs> how's the How's the Vea stack up? It's pretty quiet. Nice. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Excellent. I have this old Georgina Terry Athene, mm. and it's it's a Shimano hub that I don't think they make anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost silent. <laughs> some of the uh some of the shimano internal hubs <clears throat> are nice and yeah. quiet too those are those are definitely good ones for low nose profile no low noise profile i do <laughs> agree about the bell and that it's less of a targeted message but mm-hmm. just kind of like ding ding mm-hmm. i'm here here i am like you if it's like if somebody was singing or whistling or something sure. so you can follow their movements mm-hmm. would you prefer someone whistle <laughs> That was maybe it was kind of a soft. That was kind of a soft pitch. I thought honestly, like, <laughs> you'd be like, "Hell no, <laughs> no, that might be great." But context is everything. Oh, for sure. <laughs> tone of voice and tone of whistling can make a big difference. Uh, yeah, I, and uh, as a listener, I'm sure you, everyone can imagine the first type of whistle that came into their head. <laughs> so don't use that one. Well. Thank you again so much yeah, for joining us. Thanks for coming. Thanks it's been so a pleasure to have you. And, and hopefully, you yeah, many more great things to come. Ready? Ready. Let's do it. Too bad. Wow, that got <laughs> loud. <laughs> the Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Um, I lost my place. Our website is the Sprocket Podcast at. Sorry, our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. 
Kurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weitz, Todd, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler, Zoe Campagna, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick Archain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Josh Sisson, Richard G, Guthrie Strong, who's right here, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary, and Campsite, Magnus David. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Bolton, Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan. Michael Florinay, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belias. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, EJ Finneran, Paul Colbertson, if that's your real name. It probably isn't. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Cato, Keith Hutchison. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Derek Wagner, Jason Offenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore, Dennis O'Brien, Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Gregory Braitwick. Ryan Morrow, and, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>